0: Peyton Manning and the rise of the Big Orange. The Bush Push. Johnny Football. Cam Newton's four months to glory. Vince Young and the greatest performance ever on the biggest stage. The unforgettable college football players and moments come to life again at Saturday Lives Forever, a new podcast series from Saturday Down South. I'm Matt Hayes, and I invite you to come with me on a journey through college football's glorious past where we celebrate yesteryear with special guests and learn more than we thought we knew about the sport's iconic past. The season one launch of Saturday Lives Forever is just around the corner. So subscribe and download on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Everybody, welcome back to the College Football Uncensored podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Huck, and with me, as always, Chris Marler. Chris, we—I am so excited for this episode.
0: Yeah, I am too. I mean, my <laughs> excitement has turned into overthinking and and researching way too much on stuff that's not important. Probably uh, also, yeah, some of the questions or some of the, the uh, games I was looking up that you said you want to do now we're not doing.
1: Well, you know, I wasn't sure that the folks would want to hear about USFNC NC state, I, <laughs> I do have NC state minus 18, um, that, but I didn't feel like the folks would want to hear the breakdown of that game. So I so said, let's just go ahead and move quickly through that.
0: Yeah. We should tell them, uh, you know, we'll let everybody know, like this is a little bit different just because like we are obviously based in Atlanta, um, and this is an SDS podcast, which is covers the sec. So we will talk a lot of sec, primarily sec when we go game previews and stuff like that, like, you know, um, we're not going to be able to get to every game just flat out. And and we'll do more national games than like, no offense guys, I'll throw out Kentucky, Louisiana Monroe. Um, even though we're going to talk about that later. So bad example.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, to, to, to the, the ones we're breaking down and picking against the spread and things like that, we're not going to be doing a Tennessee Bowling green. We would rather do something, like, uh, Colgate versus BC. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, something more, (laughs) I did see that. That's what, but no, you know, like Penn state, Wisconsin, uh, Ohio state, Minnesota, some more national games that that will probably be more exciting to watch. Um, and
0: I want to be very clear about this because i realize how, how fucking ridiculous this sounds in terms of I'm, I'm talking about the big 10 over sec games. I don't, I mean, I'm not a fan of that. I hate the big 10, However, you know, when you look at the slate of games and there's like there's several ranked opponents playing each other, right? Which we don't really get a lot this in like in conference in week one. So yeah, naturally I think those are games that are important to talk about.
1: So before we get into it, uh, let's remind everyone that if you're giving out five star reviews on Apple podcasts, uh, I think someone hit us up and said they couldn't give us a review on Spotify, which I'm not sure. I don't listen to podcasts as much on Spotify, so I'm not sure what the rating system was like on there. Do you know, Chris?
0: I do not. I do listen to only Spotify though. So I should.
1: Yeah. Um, But uh, yeah, I, I, wherever you can give us five stars, please do. If so, maybe there's a sticker for it uh, in it for you. Um, We've created some really cool stickers this year. Uh, Well, Chris, I I won't say we, Chris, we did. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so we're incentivizing you guys. Go give us five stars. We want to try to grow this podcast. I had a loyal listener, a new loyal listener uh, tell me this week that he was on his way to a wedding with his wife and he tried out five different college football podcasts.
0: Huge. How did you get to open with that? Like, you know, that all of that information was not necessary to me in my situation right now, Connor. I mean, by like Tyler.
1: Mm. Um.
0: <laughs> what a response.
1: He listened, he listened uh, to five different ones and he said, by far ours is the best. Um, So appreciate it guys.
0: Yeah. We got another thing. Five star reviews. Let's read them on another episode.
1: Another thing we have the game day hotline. It is open. It is ready to go. The games, they start depending on when you listen to this today. We're recording Wednesday. So tomorrow, although there is a Jacksonville state UAB game tonight, I guess. We won't cover that though. but if you're a Jacksonville state fan or UAB fan, you don't like what you see tonight. Give us a call. 424-430-0045. Leave us a voicemail. Let us know how you feel about the Blazers. You know,
0: there's like nothing more that I would love to start this season than like (laughs) some dude named Tony in, in like fucking Alabaster, Alabama is like, God, our defense is shit this year. It'd be incredible.
1: (laughs) I think that would almost be guaranteed to be played on the next podcast.
0: Without a doubt. Yeah.
1: So just remember, um, whatever games you're watching, you're tuned into, you feel some type of way about it, good or bad. Give us a voicemail 424-430-0045. The best ones will make the show. We just got to figure out the technology on how to play it. All right, let's get into this. Um, before we get into week one, I have an uncensored moment of the week that we cannot move forward with the podcast until we talk about this story. My new favorite team, Bishop Sycamore. <laughs> Out of what everyone thought, including ESPN, was Ohio, but apparently they're maybe in Texas. I don't really know Let what's me going check on. my notes.
0: It says it's in an abandoned Quiznos uh, <laughs> next to a beauty barn.
1: So if you... I think a lot of college football fans, especially ones that listen to this podcast, have probably heard the story. But if you haven't, we're going to delve into it really quick if you're a recruiting guy like me, you've heard of IMG Academy. They are, they're basically a conglomerate of a bunch of four and five star prospects in high school from all over the country that IMG recruits in. They basically live in college. They live there. They, yeah. They're on a meal plan, all that kind of stuff. Best high school in the country.
0: It, you can It's consider like it, a factory of five stars yeah. and four stars and, and like, like, just premier players every year.
1: Right. Um, they were set to play in, a nationally televised ESPN game this past weekend. Um, which is normal. That's a normal. which a normal for IMG and uh, on the schedule was the Bishop Sycamore team from Ohio. Um, didn't really think much of it. And then I started watching it. Chris actually watched this game because <laughs> Florida state's QB commit is actually IMG's QB. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was like, oh, I kind of want to watch him, see how he is. And from the moment the ball was kicked off, it was one of the most ridiculous things I've ever watched in my life.
0: <laughs> I, so like everyone's most likely heard of this by now for like, for sure. But
1: yeah,
0: I, I don't. there's so many questions. First off, what's their mascot? Do we know uh, they even have one because they didn't put a lot of effort into those fucking uniforms. Like, no. It was like, when I, when I first heard the story or like heard about it, like maybe it was on Twitter or whatever, I just kind of assumed it was like, oh, man, you got to go through a lot of lengths to pull something like this off. Turns out you don't like right. no one did any, any kind of uh, research on this, like, like from ESPN or anything like that. But they, they came out and every single turn. There's so many more layers to it that make it so hilarious, but also really kind of fucked up. <laughs> so like,
1: <laughs> so IMG wins the game 58, nothing. Um and it probably could have been 158 to nothing if they really wanted to. Um ESPN in in game, their announcers were like basically admitting that they were duped. <laughs> like, there is no way that this is a real team. Um, in fact, now that we're doing the research, they played in a game. They're 0-1 this year. I don't think they score, scored a point in the other game. Maybe they scored six. It was two days before this game. <laughs> Two
0: days, like it's fucking summer ball. Like, it, like you're just like <laughs> <It's> <laughs> before so seven awesome, like We got to go to the Little League World Series. I, I mean, yeah. It, it, okay. And so then we start hearing about like I think one of the guys got injured. Right, one of the players was injured, and yeah. he took his helmet off, and he was clearly not in high school. <laughs> like he was like twenty eight. Like he had like he was like drinking Modelo's on the sideline. Like what like what like he wasn't even close. And then and then like yeah they. Which takes a lot for ESPN to admit that. I thought they were going to do some like like BS, like you know, PR spin stuff, but they got they got duped. ESPN seems like I mean I don't want to say they're smart like politically, but like they are, they seem like smart people. You have to be to run that business. How do they get duped by this fucking people or these fucking people?
1: So, from what I gather, um, there's a marketing company out there like ESPN isn't in the involvement of booking these high school teams Mm because they just don't have the resources to, well, it's not, they don't have them. They just don't want to allocate resources to going to finding high school teams. So they have they they outsource to a marketing company who goes out and and books these national matchups. You see them all the time in August, um, really throughout the year uh, in the fall. Um, And so I think they were the ones that really didn't do the due diligence. Obviously ESPN should have as well, but, the, like the lengths of this, like go to their website of of their apparent high school there's like an about us and a staff section that have nothing under them
0: <laughs> right when you say the lengths, there were no lengths yeah yeah if you if you google, google search, search. A, a simple google like I always say like if you if you go look at the the address of the school, it's a duplex in like <laughs> the middle of fucking and I mean like a duplex like it, it just on a street somewhere it's not big enough to be anything it like but like, so you, I thought it was like, all right, maybe this just went to guys that wanted to pull a prank and they wanted to like play football or whatever, but no, it's, it's so much more.
1: The, the head coach, um, and I'll use that in quotation marks, because who knows if they've ever even practiced, um, apparently has an outstanding current worn out for his arrest.
0: And if you have that and you're on TV, I feel like <laughs> yeah, would you just move. get arrested? I don't, yeah. I don't understand. Like, well,
1: he was sub- subsequently fired moments after this game. So,
0: no, we're gonna get to that in a minute because, again, by who? Because it's not a real fucking school. I don't understand. Like, they the more the story comes out, I was like, they, they. I guess maybe they're just delusional, or or they just I don't, I don't understand the purpose of this. Like, I thought it was just this game, but they played another game two games before. Then there was a video that came out on Twitter last night of the pregame speech. From one of their coaches, did you see this?
1: No, I didn't see this.
0: He came out. And he's like, "If you ain't, he's like, you gotta be ready to die tonight." You're like, "You gotta be ready to kill." Um, if you ain't ready to go kill somebody right now, stay the fuck in here. Stay the fuck in here. It's about to be a stick up. And they're like all amped up, and I was like, <laughs> and then they got dragged fifty-eight nothing, right? But, yeah. But I just, what is what is happening?
1: So, not only were they set to, well, they did play IMG. But as of Tuesday morning of this week, if you go in on max preps website, which is like a high school football, high school basketball website, you can see schedules for everyone. They were scheduled to play Damatha in Maryland, which is like one of the top high schools in the country, Duncanville, Texas, which is like one of the best high schools in Texas, thus the country and St. Thomas more in Connecticut, which is another huge powerhouse up in the Northeast. (laughs) Like not only were they faking it, but they, they were playing the best teams in the country. Last year, on Max Preps, I guess they played a schedule. They went zero six and were outscored two hundred and twenty-seven to
0: forty-two. I don't understand how this is happening because, because first off, if you're a high school, you don't. This is not AAU. You don't get to go play a schedule like a non-conference. Like you have a set schedule of like teams to play in your state. You don't travel the fucking world like you're in the circus. I mean, like, what do yeah. you,
1: what, how did they even set this well, up? Well, I guess it, I think it's easier to do that when you claim yourself as an Ohio high school, but they're not even in the Ohio Sports Athletic Association. They're not even in a division. So, how would you play teams in your own state when everyone's like, you guys aren't even listed in our directory?
0: Yeah, I guess so it's like out of state is somehow easier. I, I guess. that I mean, well, because it, also if you're in high school, like, you know other high schools, especially in your right. area. Like, but like, so I guess that part actually somewhat makes sense. When I first heard about this, I didn't know about Damatha. I didn't know about I'd heard about Duncanville. i I, I want to know how they make money to travel for one. There's so many questions. Like <laughs> what is what again is the purpose of this? They because set up a are, uh,
1: they set up a goFundMe page. um. And it, the description on there was Bishop Sycamore. It's an, and it's a quote new football program getting established in Columbus and plays a quote national schedule, which is ranked fourth in the nation. And they had a $20,000 goal. Um, as of this past oh, week, please, they had $140.
0: Okay, good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say 140,000 So I was like, if this turns into like a fucking Kardashian thing where it's like, and, and shockingly, Hey, listen,
1: <laughs> there was, there's, they're no longer accepting donations. <laughs> Oh, they'll, they'll set something else up.
0: I mean, but, but so again, I, like I, I was, I still had an issue with IMG on this because like you're, you are a, an, an absolutely elite program. Like it, everyone knows IMG, right? Like when we were growing up, it was like, you know, Parkview, where I went, was ranked second in the country, but we, nobody really knew us outside of Georgia, maybe. Like, but we all knew De La Salle. De La Salle had won like 130 right. straight. Everyone's, you know, not everyone, but a lot of people have heard of Valdosta. Or like oak, oak Hill.
1: remember in basketball like all the oaks hill right. kids would go up there yeah
0: yeah it's just oak hill idiot but anyway yeah. um but like it, img is they, i don't i'm not saying they're the best team in the country but they are probably the most well-known program in the country how, the, how did no one dematha Dunkerville? who is the fucking administrators and assistants like setting this up who did who didn't look any of this up
1: I don't know. Such a weird story. There were so
0: many. Coach had a warrant and then got fired. (laughs) Like you're just playing house, dude. You're a grown man.
1: (laughs) So it should be. I can't wait to not only get more details about this, but then also to have a documentary, like ESPN 30 for 30, on this one day because it's going to be fantastic.
0: I guarantee there's Uh, be one kid that comes that like benefits from this, and that's why I said the Kardashian thing earlier. Like, let's just call it what it is. Like Kim K got famous from getting. Backdoor from a C-list rapper in 2006. And I'm, I'm not, and there's nothing against that. I would do that in a heartbeat. I'm just saying, <laughs> I but, but like, if, if you, there's be at least one kid that probably gets like a scholarship or something that has like something to do with this team. And I do want to point out one positive from all of this, the defensive back who got posterized from some guy who's like eight inches taller than him and probably a legit D one prospect had a Corgi sticker on the back of his helmet. I don't know why you're putting stickers on your helmet. Like it's a fucking skateboard and you're in your 15, but uh, maybe nothing that's like, it made uh, sense anyway.
1: You know, like Florida state, when we make big plays, we put you get a Tomahawk on your helmet. Maybe they put Corgis on their helmets for big plays. <laughs> Speak to my heart, man. Um, should we just, should we just skip some of the stuff, the Quinn, Ewers stuff? And then, and I mean, it, I just want to talk real quick. Yes. Fast Quinn, Ewers is living the life right now. Yeah. This dude, you know, you hear all the time, well, he early enrolled, so he should be in prom right now for spring ball. No, this dude should be starting his senior year of high school. He's probably right. seventeen years old. Last week he landed a deal for a seventy-five thousand dollar custom twenty twenty Ford F two fifty super duty truck. Um I hate
0: everything you just said.
1: Yep. <laughs> it fits well with the mullet. And then yeah. he just now, this deal came through this week reportedly signed a, an NIL deal for $1.4 million. He's the fourth string QB at Ohio State.
0: He's not fourth string, first off. There's no way, but, but I, I will say this. This is what confuses me about this, because this has been one of the most consistent money makers for any like, player. Like This is what we saw with Gurley, Manziel, back in the day that they did that. What I don't understand is, and like you know, I think I've talked to you about this off air, like, Rich, uh, my buddy, this is where I live now, um, he's like big into baseball cards and he's like a respectable person. He has like a family and makes like good money. And he's an adult, but on the side, he, he like collects baseball cards and sells all kind of stuff. And I kept asking, I was like, who's buying all these baseball cards? Like who's like, who's out here just constantly trying to buy baseball cards. The same question I had for that, like, is what I would say about autographs, like maybe like a novelty autograph or like a, a like a hall of famer, but who's paying, how do you make $1.4 million off of, of this kid's signature like how do you profit like, i'm glad for him but i'm saying if you're a business how do you how do you profit off
1: that it's maybe there's a deal and i don't know the details of the deal but maybe there's a long-term deal that, that lasts longer than college um and they're betting on him being the next trevor no. Lawrence or like the biggest player in the country and maybe they think they're they're Uh, Clearly, they think they're going to make money on it, but it's just interesting where we're at right now. I
0: think next week we'll read something in the news about how Bishop Sycamore is going to start selling uh, Quinn Ewer's autographs on (laughs) Black Market?
1: (laughs) Oh, it's in the same state, so you never know. Um, All right, week one, here we fucking go. Let's ride. Lots of good games. Some neutral site games, some good tests for some good teams on the road in conference where do you want to start here chris
0: well i want to start in my notebook i'm sorry for making all the noise actually i, I don't fucking care i did the research and i want to show it off um and it's in a different notebook damn it chris so here's the deal um like looking at some of these games they're talking about like what gets you most excited for week one and it, obviously the start of college football right um because mm-hmm. i think there's like some great things but there's also some things that are, are shitty and i don't mean bad matchups i mean stuff like like you know what bothers me is when Oklahoma every year opens up with like a directional FCS school yeah. on pay-per-view and I didn't even know pay-per-view was still a thing like it, it, and like you have to pay like $40 it's like it's like $39.99 to watch them beat you know some shitty team like 55%. is that still a thing it is I, I thought like we were college game plan like like yeah again I don't want to sound old but like we were growing up because not every game would be on so you had to, like, sometimes you have to go to like a sports bar to figure it out like that was always an awkward trip with my dad, but like, you know, you would get, you would order for just your game and then just pray that there wasn't like a blackout in your area. Right, but right. I guess in Oklahoma, maybe they're just like behind the times. They still like, listen, when you guys sign in your you dial up internet, figure out how to go get pay-per-view and then go from there.
1: I would say they are behind the times. I mean, tiger King was a thing like last year. So,
0: that guy was way ahead of his time. He was selling tigers for three. You could like, nobody knew we could have just been buying fucking tigers for $2,000 the whole time.
1: I, Bishop, had, like, had I Bishop known that? Ward,
0: that should have been their mascot.
1: My first bonus check when I was like 23, I definitely would have bought a tiger.
0: Sick, dude. Um, <laughs> No, but like you talk about the week one games, I, I get excited. Like the, the neutral side games are, yeah. I think we talked about last year, they're kind of overblown. They're kind of overdone sometimes. And, and I'm, you know, this is not anything bad about the Chick-fil-A bowl. Cause I'm going on Saturday. I love Gary Stokin love like that, that whole um like what he's done to Atlanta economy. It's contributed over $1.1 billion in the 20 years that they've had the peach bowl here. So it does outstanding stuff like for like the local economy. And it's usually good games, but like the games in Dallas, like you look at like some of these matchups, like, cause, there's been seven of the 15 games like for the Chick-fil-A well, both teams were ranked. There's also been some games that were like, weren't great. Right. Like ironically enough, Tennessee and Georgia tech was probably the best game. And it's yeah, probably like, it a weird matchup. Exactly. But like, you look at the, like the one in Dallas, like, and that's a couple of years ago, the last one they played was the Oregon Auburn game. And they do a really good job of finding teams that like never meet, not even in like usually bowls. Like they don't have any tie-ins and stuff like that. So you've seen like Bama, Michigan, Florida State played Oklahoma State there. Um, yep. the LSU's played a, a bunch of those. It's been really, really good games. And like outside of like the Bama games, they've all been pretty close. It's like, I think mm-hmm. 10 of 11, they had both teams ranked. Eight of those 11 had like a top 10 team. Um, yeah, besides the Bama games. Don't let Bama open up with USC in that building ever again.
1: Well, there and now there's starting to be uh, random neutral site games. Orlando, there's... Charlotte. I mean, so I,
0: which I think that's s- going to be a big thing though.
1: We'll see. I, I mean, probably just because there's more money in it um, for the teams usually uh, for mm-hmm. both teams, but I just, Actually, you know,
0: you're right. Probably not. Yeah.
1: I don't know. I would rather do home and homes. You know, I, I just think it's there's something that's what college football is all about. It's not about playing in the Falcon stadium. It's about going on campus. You know, if when Florida State plays Alabama, like I'm gonna want to go to Tuscaloosa because that's gonna be probably the only time that ever happens in my lifetime. You know, like I'd rather do that than go down to Charlotte and watch oh. them play in the Panther <laughs> Stadium. So hopefully, well, like the neutral side that Alabama. makes sense. Um, but there are some really good neutral side games this weekend. Um, so and and we'll talk about those matchups. What what is this bowl game names that you came up with? Because I'm laughing already at some of these.
0: First off, I thought we were going to do this together because we're we're partners in this podcast, um, even though you don't consider me a co-host. So, but like I was thinking about this because like we're five months away from bowl games, right? Like, but there's a lot of good non-con games and some other really good games in general um, for like, you know, on campus, as You said. And I just felt like they should have like a bowl name. I think like that game in Dallas is like the Advocare or something bowl. I don't know what Advocare is, but that's a lame name. Right, like you right. have the Duke's Mayo thing in in uh, Charlotte, and I hate mayonnaise, but that's a they're doing a great job of promotions. It's really cool. The Chick Fil A thing, I love Chick Fil A. So I wanted to give some bowl game names, like to kick off the year.
1: And we're gonna need to do this anyways, because when the when the playoffs expand, bowls are essentially gonna be worthless. So we gotta yeah. create our own bowls every year. Yeah. create our own bowls.
0: I mean, well, there's all there's already like the Gasparilla Bowl. You know, one time we had a tangerine and an orange bowl, which is kind of fucked up. We didn't have a clementine
1: bowl. But and like, a citrus bowl. Yeah, I didn't think about that. It's a lot it's of like citrus more, going on.
0: It's a lot of citrus. Probably too much, to be honest. Um, but yeah, I've decided, like, listen, there's, it's the first full weekend. And I, I, love, I love like you know, how ridiculous of these bowl games bowl game names are. So why not do some for this one? Only the marquee matchups, though.
1: Okay. So we're not going to go Colgate,
0: B.C.? We're going to start there with Colgate and DC, and that is the Ernst and Young summer internship nepotism bowl because those two programs. It sounds like every single person that goes to either of those schools probably has a fantastic cush summer job in like the Northeast somewhere, probably the Hamptons, um, that their dad got them or their uncle or something like that works there, and that just like as soon as they get out of college, it doesn't matter what, if they have a two point four GPA, they're going to slide right into a very comfortable salary, probably by an Acura.
1: I can imagine walking up to someone that is. They're interning and they're like a student at Colgate Be like hey brad what's going on what what are you up to these days ah, I'm a CPA really you I thought you were in college well I'm not really a cPA but you know I'm pff, interning at uh e and y downtown you know so I'm probably job Price, at a Price waterhouse something like that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah um, yeah I thought that was perfect and there's another game too and I, I should have written it down because I, I I put it in there originally and deleted it um but it's like the same thing it's like I don't even fuck. It's like UConn and like somebody else up there. It's like Iona owner or some shit. Um, okay. Next one, Stanford and Kansas state. I feel bad for this game. game. This is like a, this in 2012. This would have been a BCS bowl. This would have been yeah. like a, a, a really fun matchup between David or I guess Harbaugh then. And, uh, Who was that old ass man that that coached Kansas State? Bill Snyder. (laughs) ESPN ranked him as the ninth best coach of all time. By the way, we'll get to that another time. Um, But I call this the Kevin McAllister Bowl because I feel like these two teams getting forgot about all the time. All the time. I love that. Pretty good programs. Yeah. Um, You love that. You'll love the next one. Bama Miami. (laughs) Cousins versus cocaine bowl. (laughs) Like that's just that's a given. Well, like, I'm just honestly surprised we haven't seen that yet. Maybe i am just kind of messed up. Because <laughs> they have, like the cousins versus the convicts, and then like convicts yeah. versus the Catholics, whatever. Um, okay, Ole Miss Louisville. The Sprint Mobile Burner Phone Bowl. That doesn't <laughs> oh, need to yeah. be explained. Yeah, like <laughs> with, uh, with yeah. some of the past in- incidents that have happened there. Um, Notre Dame and Florida State. Sorry, Ooh. dude. The Spirit yeah. Airlines Bowl. Don't like that. But, no, because like, you know, this game is going to be the only game on. Right? Have you ever like? It is. I don't know. You're fancier than I have. I am. But like, you ever trying to book a flight and it's like late, like you're like it's only a couple of weeks away or something and you it's have to the get the cheapest a thing possible? Flight? Yeah. My God, Spirit is the fucking worst. It's just, I mean, like their customer service. I remember like missing a flight in New Orleans. Their customer service was just an angrier person behind that person who was already not helping me. And they, so, they charge
1: you for everything. It's like you want to wear shoes I, on this flight. It's three dollars per shoe. <laughs>
0: Per peanut, there's a price per peanut, <laughs> yeah. but like, you know, you're not going like, to like, it'll be fun watching a game, right? Cause it's the only yeah. game on Sunday,
1: mm-hmm. but
0: we're not going to, we're not going to enjoy it. it. It'll get us to where we want to go, but we're, none of us are going to enjoy it at all.
1: It's just well, I'll be there. School. So yeah, that will be fun.
0: <laughs> um, okay. Vandy and East Tennessee state university. Okay. Um, Eddie George like taking over as coach at ETSU. Uh, Clark oh, yeah. Lee is the new coach at Vandy. So I said, this was the, um, the second grade recital or the summer swim meat bowl. Okay. Your kids aren't old enough for this yet, but like, I just, I'm sure if I ever have kids, I'll love kids, right? I'll I'll love my kid. Like if if my dogs did this, I would, I would, I would go, but
1: it's easy to love your own kids, but hate a lot of other kids. And if
0: I had to go watch 28 kids do some shitty ballerina like routine, I don't want to do that. Like, right. think about how many things you started and stopped when you were a kid that you probably weren't good at. Like, I, I wanted to be like, like I'm going to draw. You don't draw. Draw what? Like, for money, I'm going to draw when I'm older. No, you're not, Chris, at all. Um, Dude, I played
1: saxophone yeah. for a couple of years.
0: Think about that. I'm sorry, what?
1: <laughs> the alto sax, to be more specific. What do you mean for a couple of years? like when? Fourth, fourth, fifth, and sixth grade.
0: I wish you would have, I was really hoping you would be like, 11th, 12th, <laughs> and summer college. Um. Yeah. I, I, Okay. I didn't know that at all. But um, <laughs> like, so I I swam I swam competitively like year round for like years, and I remember I used to get so mad. Like my dad would come and he would just read the paper the whole time. And now that I'm older, <clears throat> even though like you know I hate him, still like,
1: got your swimmer's body. Fuck you. <laughs> it's
0: like, um. God. Anyway, but I I like he would cover the games he would, or meets and he would read the paper the whole time and I used to get so frustrated and even now that like we don't get along like i i can still give him credit of like oh bro like i'm sorry i put you through that because swim meets take for fucking ever and like most of the kids aren't your kids it's like you have three events or four events and they're all like an hour and a half apart it's
1: a six-day event
0: (laughs) yeah um last but not least fresno state in oregon which i thought we were going to cover yeah that is your kyle bowl
1: i just feel like
0: a majority of of the the like undergrads at both of these schools are named Kyle. Brock. Yeah. Brock's a good one.
1: Yeah. The Brock bowl.
0: That's pretty good.
1: <laughs> I like it. All right. Yeah, that's fun. All right. It just means less. Well, uh, that was
0: fun. Thank you for participating. That was great.
1: <laughs> um, obviously we are roots around the sec. As you said before, we're not gonna be able to go in depth on every sec game. But we do want to right. do a quick overview of some SEC games this weekend that we're definitely not going to cover. Um, the SEC—they're playing three of the bottom six teams and the CBS 130 poll. <laughs> so, Think about that. Yeah, I mean, so
0: like, I, I really—I I wanted to do this segment because we are going to talk about national games, and but like, you know, our built-in audience that we have a lot of it came from like, you know, people that already listen to SCS Pod and, and SDS in general, so we're going to cover SDC games and, and we always want your feedback anyway. If you like, don't, if there's like a certain game, you definitely want us to talk about, like, you know, hit us up, but yeah. Kentucky Louisiana Monroe is going to be a tough one. I get like super in depth, yeah. for, but I'm honestly like, so i made a list of just the things I'm most excited to see in, in these games. Louisiana Monroe. I had no idea that they were ranked 126th in the CPS poll. So they are garbage, which Bama would have caught them when they were ranked that low, but it's another story. Um, Kentucky's new offense. I cannot wait to see what this looks like. You had a new OC, Will Levis, who eats bananas like a fucking psychopath. Um, yep. He's your quarterback. You have Wandell Robinson, who is a, a you know four-star recruit, highly touted coming in. Nebraska um, probably could have used him, him last week. Uh, they would have still messed it up. They probably would have <laughs> put him a kicker. Um, but so, like those two coming in, and you still have Chris Rodriguez. So what yeah. does the offense look like? Because like in the past, you've had Benny Snell, you've had Rodriguez, you've had a, um, you know, the Rose and a of smoke. You had like a stable of backs and you just pounded the football. Yeah, they very all get very carries, And your quarterback was usually running as well, right? Yeah. So it's like the, the offense, even from a creative standpoint, which is pretty tough to watch, um, that all goes away. And so I want to see what that looks like. And you get a tune up here for like, you know, I'm, I'm, this is not a slight at Kentucky's program because I think they're very underrated as a program. There's not a lot of Kentucky games you can tune into and think like they're going to kill these people, Right. <laughs> but they will for this one. Yeah, so yeah, excited for that. Um, Florida and
1: FAU. Well, Willie Taggart returns to Gainesville, try to get some revenge.
0: I know you're a big fan of his. Um, yeah. yeah. So are you pulling for Florida here? Like who, you, who would you pull for uh, this game?
1: as somebody that saw
0: their program ruined by Willie Taggart?
1: Yeah. Um, it was a joint effort with him and Jimbo. Um, but, uh, I can't, I mean, obviously it'd be hilarious if, if Willie Taggart beat Florida, honestly for me, yep. but no, I can't, I can't root for him to do it, uh, but I can't root for Florida. Either. Come on. I try to be unbiased, but that ain't going to happen. So I, I think I would still like to see FAU in that game, but they're not going to. Fair
0: enough. Um, <laughs> sorry, Florida fans. No, so what yeah. I want to see, obviously is like the same stuff we've talked about in the offseason and, um, and also, let me apologize to Florida fans for how, how short their uh, preview pod was. Uh, I had to do it on my own, which is not a slight. Yep. At Tyler, he had stuff going on, and I just panicked for whatever reason, even though I was like talking to like the one person that was probably the most comfortable I should have been with <laughs> that we had for interviews because Doran's like my boy. Um, but anyway, so we'll, we'll make sure to, to make up for it at some point this season, probably after they lose. Um, but this game... FAU, I think they return like 97% of their production. I don't think it matters, but what does the offense look like after replacing all the talent? Like how much of Anthony Richardson do we see at quarterback? Yeah. Because I mean, Doreen told us that months ago and that's finally catching on. And like Emory Jones is the starter that named it like earlier this week or last week. But I, I want to know how much of the offense we see like that we saw at Mississippi State, like the Nick Fitzgerald times, like Dak Prescott, where you don't have to throw the ball as much last year or like last year. How the new receivers look is Keon zipper going to step up a tight end. How does running backs look? Cause that running game has been shit for the past couple of years. And most importantly, and this is the thing we lose sight of is that defense atrocious. I mean, I get an all sec schedule, but you, you really need to like start out this year with, if they give up like 400 yards or God forbid, they give up like that game's ever close or they give up like 24 points. Grantham is going to already start out the year in trouble.
1: Yeah. I feel like Florida's in a weird spot going into the year. Cause a lot of people just don't, aren't talking about them at all because of just how mm. much they lost. And it's just everyone's a layup layup for Georgia layup for Georgia. And I think most people are just thinking Emory Jones is just going to be okay. But mm. like, what if he's better than that? Like, what if he's like really good or what if Richardson's really good? Maybe Florida they probably
0: are. Yeah. If, Especially under Mullen. No, no, no,
1: no, no. Exactly. Like, like right. even if they're not highly ranked recruits,
0: we people shit on Mullen all the time about not being a great recruiter. If there's one thing he is he developed like elite at is he will develop a quarterback. Nick Fitzgerald right. was terrible. He was terrible. Super nice kid. Yeah. He, I think he, he had like over fifty percent completion in like one season. But that, that kid was, you know, like he put up a ton of numbers. So you're right.
1: So it should be interesting to watch. Um, don't know we'll learn much this this weekend, but um, we'll see
0: tennessee well in the, in the same way with the defense real quick is like i think mullen's really good about this too like i think he's like nine and one or something like that and openers or i think he's actually been a coach longer than that but he's got a really good record in openers and um like over his entire like coaching uh history so will we see him just come out and like put it on them early because I, I think that's the mullen that we have like grown to know at florida mm-hmm. like like he takes advantage of situations that are going to help him, like his cause. And like, like, like he's got a little bit of showmanship to him. So I think with Willie Taggart coming in for one, all the doubt that people have been given in the off season for two, I wouldn't be surprised if they just run them out the building, like early. Speaking of.
1: Yeah. Tennessee five touchdown favorite. Um, what world are we living in?
0: There are five touchdown favorite over Bowling Green.
1: I'm fairly confident um, from just the different articles I've read, podcasts I've listened to, people I respect that are in the gambling world say that Bowling Green may be the worst team in the country. Maybe outside of yeah. UMass.
0: Yeah, So which is those two. Oh, that, maybe it was UMass and UConn. That would have been perfect. Yeah, um, probably is. But like five touchdown favorites. I originally wanted to talk about this game a little bit and you, you were not having it, which is probably for the best. But
1: sorry, Tennessee fans <laughs> it's just, I mean, it's just I also
0: spent like 17 hours over the past two days making that stupid fucking graphic. Like because it couldn't <laughs> if the app kept shutting down. Anyway, so I feel like I know a lot about both of these teams. Um I, I just I wanna see like like we talk about Tennessee, like the the six wins, how we thought that was too high and the over-under. We both took the under. Um, we did not do a good job on that preview. Just to be honest, we did not. We were not very positive about that, and they let us know in the comments um, about that. But you know, with Josh Heupel coming in, this is a game you should win, win by a lot. I, I don't remember the last time I saw Tennessee like, for real. Like, when's the last time you saw you saw a Tennessee game and they were favored by anything close like that or won like that, like wh- hmm. like where you thought they would going into the game. Like, Kentucky stands yeah, out from twenty eighteen. Okay. They hammered them, but like but look like the thing like you know, the last time we saw non conference games with them was Georgia State they and lost BYU. To Georgia State. Mm-hmm. So And they beat you know, BYU but barely, right? No, I think they lost to BYU they lost they, to BYU. They had BYU had them, it was like in yeah, terrible they did lose. second OT. Like horrific. Like they were up by six with like a minute and a half to go, and they it was third and whatever on like their own nineteen yard line. Um anyway, but now you have like a new era again. Uh, fun fact, the Tennessee coaches making their coaching debut are 18 and four all time. Um, one of the few losses was actually Johnny Majors, which is surprising, but looking at this, I just wanted to see what the offense looks like, because I think that at the very least, and we keep saying this at the very least, you're going to, you're going to have a better product on the field to watch, especially yeah. on offense and and was a guy that had three straight years of being the top 10 in offense, scoring in uh, total yards when he was at UCF. What does that look like with Tennessee and that roster? Um, And the other part of this dude is like that whole six win thing is like picking up steam because I I thought it was like outlandish and I'm still like, you know, kind of skeptical of it, but even looking at like Bill Conley's like, you know, S and P rankings, like, and his projections of, of like, you know, bowl teams and how many wins you're going to get, I think they had a sixty-three percent chance, which is the second highest of any team in the SEC to cover their over-under and get to a bowl. That's I mean, so maybe going season be great. Well,
1: good. Well, we'll go too far. Yeah. Uh lastly is Auburn. Before we get into the to the picks for the week. Um yep. new coach. Can he fix Bo Nix and his issues? Um we got a really good running back, maybe the best in the country and and Bigsby. Um obviously Malzon was more much more spread based, so this should be more of yeah. a pro style under center type deal. Maybe the maybe under Derek Mason the, the defense is surprises a little bit. Um
0: Mike Bobo and Derek Mason. I like Derek Mason. Mike yeah. Bobo on the other hand is just like
1: you're not going to le- in all these games. You're not going to learn a ton. I mean, they're playing Akron. What is it? 35 point.
0: They're ranked line. 125th. They're awful too. I I mean, it's crazy man. Yeah. But, but there's I, still, still stuff yeah. I want to see.
1: Exactly. Yeah. You yeah. just want to see a level of comp competence and some of the easy throws from Bo Nix and things like that. Um, well, and who's he
0: going to be throwing to cause the receivers and I'm right. I, I don't really care about anything on defense or anything in the run game. Cause I think that that is going to be all, that's all gonna be fine. But him taking like you know snaps under center for the pretty much like the first time in his career, that'll also be interesting to see. Um, and also, Harson has been getting hammered <clears throat> by the Alabama media, mainly just Joseph Goodman. For and I'm not an Auburn fan, like for no reason at all. Just and I'm not even talking about the vac stuff. I'm not getting into any of that. It, it's like everything else that they are just constantly on him. I think there was somebody put a side by side tweet the there day. It was like Bryce Young, guy from California, ends his press conference with "Thanks, y'all." this kid, man. And then like the next tweet was about Bo Nix. He's like, Bo Nix. I don't know. Something seems off with him, the way he's trying to make this game about like, you know, like people are against him for some reason. Like, dude, you're literally against him. So like, I'm, I'm interested to see if Harson comes out and just also, you know, puts on your, know, puts it on like early and, and tries to quiet some of those people.
1: All right. Before we get into the picks, we do have one more thing. This is the no need to watch the game of the week. Oh
0: yeah, this is again, a game. Gonna, yeah,
1: yeah. You, you don't. Not only are we not going to cover it, you don't even need to watch it. We're going to tell you what's going to happen right here, right now, before the game even happens.
0: You're welcome. I mean, you're absolutely welcome. So, and it's a ranked matchup too. That, like, you know, usually you might want to watch, but not this time because it's Indiana at Iowa, which are the same states in a lot of way. Um, a lot of ways. Uh, <laughs> Iowa just fries more things, and and I think. This game, again, yeah, two ranked teams. What's gonna happen? Just you don't even need to tune in. This is a prime number game for sure. Like a 16 to 13, 17 to 13 finish. The first half is gonna be fucking miserable. It's yeah. gonna be very low scoring, most likely. Even the though the teams Indiana. might
1: not even score in the first half.
0: Yeah, there will be a lot of punting. Like what yeah. I what I call punt porn. Like, like probably some like inside the 10, inside the five, like some really good punts. Um, special teams at some point will probably be the deciding factor, like the momentum uh, shift. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't, you know, this could go in a year for Iowa, but I'll just say at some point a white tight end is going to catch a touchdown, probably the game winning touchdown. And that's yeah. it. There you go.
1: I don't even know if there's a white tight end on the roster. I'm sure there is. If there's not, there will be one before the game starts put into the roster and he will score. Yeah, there
0: touchdown. you go. Exactly.
1: All right. Is it time?
0: I guess. Did I say we were going to breeze through the opening and now you seem like you're already yeah, tired.
1: We're 50 minutes in. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not. No, we're not. Uh, the zoom has been recording for 55 minutes. So okay, we were, we we were we
0: on here until two. Okay. Let's get into it. Right, hurry up. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right. Week one, let's start on Thursday. Okay. Thursday, 7 PM ESPN the from the bounce house in Orlando, Florida, UCF hosting Boise state. UCF five point favorite over under 68. This is the first ever meeting between Boise state and UCF, which actually kind of shocked me. Yeah. Uh, same here. Both teams have a new head coach. Obviously SEC fans know Gus Malzahn, that at UCF Andy Avalos takes over for Boise state uh, for Harson. Uh, he was the Oregon D coordinator last year, Dylan Gabriel, probably one of the best quarterbacks in the country, regardless yep. of school. Um, started all 10 games last year, 3,500 yards, 32 touchdowns, four picks.
0: Yeah, That ratio is ridiculous
1: um led the nation with 35 completions of passes thrown 20 or more yards on the field which says a lot about hypos offense and maybe that would make mm-hmm. tennessee fans exciting excited um and then boise state third offensive coordinator in three years so that's not great uh hank bachmeyer is their quarterback he's been okay he was named the starter <laughs> what a name well, who is, he needs to be a punter in the big ten
0: <laughs> who did get yeah, for real who did
1: he beat out Forest. Um, don't worry about it.
0: No, he, but like they were like, you know, um, there's been a lot of instability there, and then yeah, it was a USC
1: uh, transfer. Um, I can't remember. His Jack name. Sears, Jack, right?
0: Yeah, Jack Sears. Those are yeah, the two he, most Boise State names ever. Like I, they just I guarantee Jack they wear Hank. only white. Yeah, just dressed up like Captain America with like white, plain white undershirts and just ripped, probably, and then you know anyway. Um,
1: um yeah, last year they so they'd gone eleven straight years with a thousand yard rusher until last year.
0: Yeah, it's not good.
1: That's insane. Uh, last year, their top guy had 382 yards.
0: Well, a Granted, season, there's
1: le- less games, but, um, they nope. get their last thousand yard rusher from 2019 back from injury, uh, from last year. Avalos is familiar with the Boise state program. He was the D coordinator there before Oregon. Um, is
0: familiar with, with miles on cause he played him when he was the DC at Oregon two years ago in that uh, opening game.
1: That's true. Harson and Chris Peterson, the two last co- coaches for Boise state, both of them played in a New York New Year's six bowl in their first season as head coach at Boise. So there's a lot to live up to here for Andy Avalos. Yeah. They do have 17 returning starters. This is an interesting game, man. I, I like no, no joke. I'm actually excited to watch this yeah. game. What, what do you, what do you think is gonna happen here?
0: I mean, honestly, my biggest, my biggest question is because every, I, I love that Malzanga went to UCF. I think in time he was going to be a really yeah. good fit there the transition period, I think is not good. Uh, like it, it may, might have the talent. I, he's a good coach in general. So maybe he would be like above all of his peers in whatever conference AAC, but like, I started thinking about this, like one Dylan Gabriel, it, there's no chance that he would ever play in a Gus Malzahn offense. If he wasn't already at UCF, right? This is like a forced arranged marriage because we all know that Gus Malzahn has never, ever developed a quarterback. And especially one that's like that good at passing. So a lot of his offense is like predicated off the run. Um, I, I wonder also like how good of a coach was Malzahn without Kevin Steele as his defensive coordinator. And think about this because the UCF's defense was terrible last year, terrible. Mm -hmm. And he has co-offensive coordinators and co-defensive coordinators, just sister wives at both sides. So like, but like one of the, go ahead.
1: Yeah, so I was going to say, I think you were about to say this, Travis Williams was the co-DC with Steele at Auburn. He's now the co-DC at UCF. So there is some continuity there on defense. He wasn't the but co-DC.
0: Yeah. It was Kevin Steele's defense. You know what I mean? Like, like in name, he I was guess. entitled, right. And yeah. the other guy, by the way, was Mizzou's defensive back coach, which they did not have a great season last year. So, but like, you know, Kevin Steele coming from a program where Malzahn's numbers have, have dropped significantly from where they were in years past. Um, and like, you know, four straight years before last year that, that Steel was in the top 17 in the country and scored in defense. They were under 20 points a game. And I didn't, I never even thought about that. Like how big of a deal that is, you know, 20, I mean, t- less than 20 points per game. Like, like Malzahn's offense only averaged 25 points total last year. So right. I just, I wonder what it looks like now, because it's, I think again, he should have a, a good solid season, right? I think eight, nine wins, but the, the standard for what people might be expecting with an offense that is not catered to like any of the athletes like that he already currently has in place. I mean, Malzahn did go to the national championship his first year at Auburn. Mm-hmm. I just think this is going to be a disaster, but with this game, this game is like a fuck you game to, to Auburn still somehow It's yeah. like probably a little misguided. I think they win. I think they cover cause I think Boise state has way more questions. Um, but yeah, that's, I'll take UCF in the points.
1: I agree. I think he's going to have a little bit of that he, they've also got a couple transfers from Auburn that are playing running back and receiver for him at UCF. So yeah. I think there's probably going to be a lot of that feeling from a lot of those players and coaches. Um, UCF 23 and two straight up at the bounce house over the last four years. So they've been really good at home. Um, at Boise State one and four against the spread in the last five games. So Wait. I think they only had two interceptions as a team last year, which is probably a problem. Um, and both their starting corners are gone. Uh, Avalos has an attacking style defense, but I think it's going to yeah. take time to switch over. So I'll take UCF minus five and I'll go under, I'll go 35, 28 UCF.
0: See, I, I hate that underplay, but again, the, the point I was trying to make, and I, I got like confused for a second or distracted. He's, he's going to go from a Kevin Steele defense that has consistently been a top 20 defense and, and really good, like very stingy, right? He's now going to go to UCF. That was, they gave up 492 yards a game last year and 33 points. So I, I would take the over, but anyway, okay. next game.
1: All right. Number four, Ohio state at Minnesota, Thursday, 8 PM on Fox. These are all Eastern times folks. We don't live in God's country in, in central time zone. Um, TCF bank stadium, Minneapolis, Minnesota, Ohio state, 14 point favorites over under 63. Ohio state seven and one last year, but did get destroyed by Alabama in the title game. Uh, they lost a ton of guys, including their quarterback, Justin Fields. I feel like Ohio state, probably one of a handful of programs that genuinely do reload instead of rebuild yeah. every, every time they lose a lot of a talent. CJ shroud comes in, he's named name the starter for Ohio state registered uh, freshman out of California, never attempted to pass at the college level. Chris, he has taken some snaps, doesn't matter. Um, he did get into a game against Rutgers, Michigan State, and Clemson, which, by the way, if you're Clemson, you don't want to be on a list with Michigan State and Rutgers as the only games that the backup quarterbacks come in for. Right. Um, he ran for a 48-yard touchdown against Michigan State, by the way. Um, he looked pretty good in the spring. He's got awesome weapons to throw to. Chris Olave, mm-hmm. Garrett Wilson, Jeremy, Jeremy Ruckert at tight end. I think we we said this last podcast, but Travion Henderson is an uber talented true freshman that's coming yeah. in. Um, veteran O-line.
0: And Minnesota's defense is not good, especially in the front. They we not
1: good last year. That's for sure. You know, those um, linebackers are real bad. They might be the most experienced team in college football though. 20 returning starters for Minnesota. 20
0: returning starters. And the one thing that I think they might have a possible advantage in, because we saw Ohio State be really susceptible, susceptible against the run last year, especially against Bama. Um, like they lose pass was even worse front. dude
1: they had the worst pass defense in the big 10 last year yeah well, that's
0: all sean Wade was terrible um God, he made so many people so much money last year but but like minnesota on offense like their offensive line this will be the strength of the entire team like they, they got all five return uh, starters returning over 140 starts combined right so if there's any place you know in this game or any part of this game where you could maybe take advantage of that it's only a 13 point spread and and you look at the numbers like Ohio State's won 11 straight against them. They're 6-1 and one against their last uh, seven away games. And you brought up the quarterback thing. Like, I, I, there's no position in the country that I am more confident in every year, probably, of reloading than Ohio State. And, and you look Go at ahead. the first-year starter, like you brought up, he hasn't attempted a pass in a game. The last two times Ryan Day's had a, a first-year starter, right? Um, I'm going to count 2018, even though he went the head coach, he was the quarterback's coach. Dwight Haskins is the Heisman finalist. 2019 is Justin Fields, Heisman finalist. I, I think they're going to be fine.
1: I'm going to take the other side of this. Uh, Tanner Morgan, fourth year in the program. He was really good. Um, 2019 he fell off a little bit last year but he was second team big 10 at quarterback 30 touchdowns seven picks um they had the big 10 running back of the year still on their roster uh mo ibrahim over a thousand yards last year 15 touchdowns eight straight hundred yard games yeah they do lose rashad bateman which it, who, he's an he awesome has, he player
0: thousand yards rushing in seven games right yes that's crazy
1: um so they was, they lose Rashad Bateman at, at receiver, and their second returning receiver, at least for this game, is questionable. He had a leg injury in practice. Uh, availability is is uncertain. Defense was a sieve. They allowed six point mm-hmm. three yards per carry last year. They had eighteen tackles for loss as a team over four hundred twenty two snaps. On a percentage basis, that's four point three percent. It's worse than the nation. That's terrible. They, they do not. They, their defense was not good. Now they got some transfers in from NC state and Clemson along the D line who are two schools that are very good at producing defensive line talent. Um, their top six tacklers are back. I think their defense will be better. I don't think they're going to win this game, but I think they're going to cover the, a 14 point spread. If you, if you've got 13, I've got, I've got a little more concern about 13 than I do 14. Um, but I'm going to, I had 14, so I'm going to take them covering the 14. I'm going to go total over Ohio state games went over in five of their final seven Mm -hmm. games last year, average of 66 points per game in those contests. Um, and their last five week, one games, they've gone over in all of them. So I like Ohio state to win, but I like Minnesota to cover the spread and go over 38.
0: Our good friend, Justin Schuette about this earlier today. And he, he, um, no, he covers the Big Ten side uh, for our company in Saturday tradition. And um, he said the, he's all over Minnesota. He thinks that's the best bet. Um, I'm going to take Ohio State just because I think, one, I can't wait to look at the first half lines because I forgot to do that before this episode. But I, I'm going to look at that. I'm going to take Ohio State to cover just because I think they're going to pick up where they left off. Not with the national championship game because
1: that was not good. We'll do this one quickly because Chris didn't want it to cover this game. but This is your side weekly
0: A. get hooked up game uh, where Tyler's going to teach us about the ACC.
1: There you go. Friday, September 3rd, 6 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN. Number 10, UNC at Virginia Tech, Lane Stadium, Blacksburg at night. VT is a five and a half point underdog at home, over under 64. UNC, a lot of expectations from UNC this year. This is the highest preseason ranking they've had in 24 years. They were in the Orange Bowl last year. They have a Heisman contending quarterback in Sam Howell. Last year, these two teams... Played in Chapel Hill. The score was 56 to 45.
0: The over under was 59 in that game. (laughs) I took the, I remember hammering the over. I was like, this is going to be a blow. Like, like they're definitely going to do this. They almost did it on their own.
1: Yep, UNC 656 total yards in that game. But we talked to our friend Graham coffee. He, He gave us the stat about returning production at the receiver position, especially. Not only are there two top receivers gone from last year, but also their two stud running backs, who are both studs. I think they're both going to be really good in the NFL. You're on the road against Virginia Tech. Last year was terrible for them. It was their their they ended a stream of 27 consecutive bowl appearances last year. They were they lost five of the last seven. Hinden Hooker transfers out, so you've got Braxton Burmeister, who transferred in from Oregon. He played a little bit last year. He's okay. Um, they lost a the first round pick at left tackle. But here's the deal it is very difficult to play night games at Virginia Tech traditionally. Is it? And I UNC with this level of expectation for this being their first game and replacing all that they are on offense. I don't necessarily think that this is gonna be a blowout. And and the line would reflect that. I mean, they're they're yeah. under a touchdown favorite. Um yeah, that's kind of crazy. Virginia Tech six and two against the spread against UNC in their last eight. Um, the home team in this series is four and zero against the spread. I'm gonna take UNC minus five and a half.
0: <laughs> I was gonna say
1: like Virginia Tech, <laughs> but I'm gonna is, go under 64. I think UNC takes a step up defensively this year and I think it'll take also on offense. This is their first game
0: defense. I mean, I know they returned yeah. ten starters, but they, they yeah. were like giving up like a ton of points.
1: Yeah. And I, I think their offense is going to take a while to click in this first game, especially on the road at night, replacing all that they need to tough place to play. But if their defense will step up from last year, I think their offense will under underwhelm a little bit in this game compared yep. to what they are used to. So I'll go under 64, but I'll take UNC minus five and a half.
0: I'll take UNC. I'm going to take the over cause you sound stupid saying that. Um, okay. I, I, I was just, so UNC has lost seven straight, uh, season opening games in the road. However, Virginia Tech, you talk about it being a tough place to play at night because they walk like a mile and a half with that American flag <laughs> and then come out to Metallica, Sandman, and, and all that yeah. kind of stuff. It looks like a cool scene, right? Um, it, Justin Fuente has not been good since he's been there. I think last year no. was kind of like an anomaly, though, because you know it's not they were terrible, but it wasn't really fair to to him, like because you know they were missing like twenty players at a time, like like several yeah. times throughout the season. Um, I will say it's interesting that they're only a five and a half point underdog, as in, yeah, you know, with the two really top 10 out. team. They've lost nine straight uh, games and openers at the first top 10 teams. We've seen this a lot from Virginia Tech, like, yeah. even recently, you know, especially under Frank Beamer. But they did beat um, Ohio State that one year, though. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I, I'm going to take UNC. I, I love Phil Longo. I, I love what they, like, I know they're not going to be, they lost a ton of production on offense, a ton. However, Ty Chandler coming in, the former four-star running back from Tennessee. I think he like fits in well with what they're going to do. And I just don't think Virginia Tech's that good. So next game, we got to hurry. These kids are going to freak out.
1: Number 19, Penn State at number 12, Wisconsin. Saturday, 12 p.m. on Fox in Madison. Just roll through this one. Wisconsin minus five and a half. Over under is 50.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's terrible.
1: Penn State's won four straight over Wisconsin, six of the past seven. Both teams were disappointing last year. I think the big thing for Penn State is... They've got a new OC and he's a pretty big name. He was OC under Gundy for six years, um, Ohio state for a year, then Texas last year. Um, I don't love their quarterback, Sean Clifford. I think he's been okay, but I'd like to see a little bit more from, from that side of the ball and their defense is good at all three levels. I think they're, they got a pretty good defense. Wisconsin, we talked about this last pod, but they're not, they're not, they weren't great at running the ball last year, which is their, their forte. Right. I will say Jalen Berger came in last year and in four games, he ran for 301 yards. I think he'll be the guy that steps up at at running back. They'll get back to having a thousand yard rusher. O-line eight of the top 10 return, very veteran O-line QB is pretty good. Um, He was up and down last year, but I think they like him up in Madison. Um, I'll just, if you want to go quick, I'll I'll take Wisconsin to win 24, 21. Um, I like Penn State to cover the spread of five, five and a half, but I'll take a low scoring game.
0: I hate five and a half point spreads Like there, there's that yep. I read like 11 years ago and it, it's always stuck with me. I'm probably misquoting it, but like it's like 73%. Like the, the underdog ends up covering. Um, I think that same thing's going to happen here Penn state. Like, like this, you think about it? Like, I, I feel like whoever loses this game, I was saying how it might, it might like turn them into like, they're going to be like the, the third or fourth best team in the conference. Right. Like mm-hmm. instantly. Cause, cause of losing this game. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens here because I think this might be like a mu- like a must win for Penn state. And if you look at their, their season last year, they started out 0 and five straight up and against the spread first five games, then went four and to close out. Um, just very streaky. Like Wisconsin is just stable, right? They're just like a very even keeled team. Like, like, you know, Graham Mertz came out like, you know, first game last year, through five touchdowns. They started talking about the Heisman form and last six games, they only had four total. But Penn State is not stable. Like they are very streaky, and yep. like I, I feel like they've got a little like a little me in them, like a, like a little bit of a bender. If something bad happens, like like things could be going fine, but if they lose this game, and then you got Auburn coming up at home, what happens? Mm-hmm. Then, and then you got Ohio State. Like Wisconsin yeah. is like you know wearing khakis and sitting with like their hands together and in, in church, but Penn State's going to show up with like fucking mascara running down their their face and all sorts of shit going on probably like vodka and their little hydro flask i i think penn state wins because okay. they've been really good on the road under, under james franklin so i'm going to take them to win all, all right. right we have to talk about notre dame for-
1: yep um we'll do that and then we'll finish with all sec games number nine yeah. notre dame at florida state jumping over to sunday night 7:30 eastern time on abc bobby bound field at doke campbell stadium Florida state seven and a half point underdog at home over under 55 and a half. This opened at 11 points. So there's been a lot of money that's come on, come in on Florida state. Um, Look, Notre Dame, I I don't think they should be thought of as an elite team because obviously every time they play an elite team, they get demolished, but they're a very consistent team Um, Four straight 10 win seasons or more um, 10 or more wins. Um, This year won't be the year that they take that next step because they're replacing a ton. They're replacing nine starters on offense, That's um, what it handful of key players on defense. They get a Wisconsin transfer Jack Conan at QB. He's a typical Wisconsin quarterback and, yeah. and in, in this case, probably a typical Notre Dame really strong running game. Um, Kyron Williams and Chris Tyree are really they good. Too. They probably have the best tight end in the country. Call him baby Gronk, Michael Mayer. Um, Their O line, they're replacing four guys, I believe, but they did get a transfer from an All-American from Marshall uh, Kane Madden. Uh, they also made the best hire of the offseason, in my opinion in Marcus Freeman at defensive coordinator. LSU tried to get right. him. He's at Notre Dame. Apparently from Brian Kelly's comments, he's the next man up as head coach. So I don't know if that's, that means that this is Kelly's last year or what? Uh, FSU was terrible last year and I'm going to I'm going to put this. So the kiddies that are listening can understand we're down bad. We're down real bad right now, Chris. It's not good uh, three losing seasons in a row. That's unheard of in in these parts. Bowden never oh, really? had a losing season after his first one. Um, ever since Jimbo Fisher put that damn Christmas tree on the curb, it's been bad. Um, and personally, I, I like this staff. I think I'm going to give him a pass mostly for last year. But dude, we brought in Mackenzie Milton, and Mackenzie Milton, I don't think is going to be the starter. He's he. I don't think he's, he's healthy.
0: The injury, man.
1: It sucks. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. It's going to be a great environment. I'll be there. Nine starters is a lot to. To overcome, especially in a first game on the road at night, should be a pretty crazy atmosphere. But the talent is so poor at Florida State right now. I haven't seen it this bad. I don't think they're ready to win a game like this. Um, their linebackers Jeez. are atrocious, horrible. And Notre Dame's strength is running the ball and throwing to the tight end. So Florida State three and nine against the spread in the last twelve games. I'm going to take Notre Dame. Unfortunately, big here, forty two twenty four. I don't like it, but
0: let's get to the SEC games. I'm not going to say anything about this.
1: Yep. All right. Let's start with the layup, Alabama, Miami. Number one, Let's, let's start with
0: Louisville, Ole Miss. Um, <laughs> this is a Monday night game. So it's like, you know, it's the last game of the weekend, the best weekend of the year possibly, you know, having five straight days of football, or I guess, wait, six. I can't do math. Um, I'm excited for this game. I don't think either team is necessarily a top 15, top 10 team, especially right now. Maybe, if, you know, by season's end, we might see Ole Miss like going a run. I feel like Louisville is a little bit underrated because of Satterfield. Like, they're going to put up some points. Um, yeah, These two defenses have been fucking awful.
1: The just over-under is 75 and a half in this game. 75 <laughs> is so much.
0: Um, and I'd probably still take the over. But, like, what I want to see most here is, is like, we've seen this so many times with Lane Kiffin. He does such a tremendous job of finding a guy, keying in on that guy, and then, and then that guy just blows up, right? We saw with Amari Cooper. We saw with, um, you know, Elijah Moore. Like we saw with Derrick Henry. It doesn't matter what position. So he's got a guy, like, I think that has that kind of capability in Jerry Neely. And yeah. he can affect the game in a number of ways. Um, the pro- they're not going to have a problem scoring. Like Louisville's defense no. is terrible. Um, but, like, you know, I, I, don't, I just wonder what, like, I think it'll be closer. I think nine and a half points seems like a lot, right? Kiffin's actually lost his last four season openers um, and by like an average of like 24 points, something like that. Granted he was at FAU for three of those and they were playing like Ohio state and, and Oklahoma and shit. But like, I just wonder if we're giving too much credit to Ole Miss to start the year because I think they're going to win, but I mean, by almost double digits seems like with how much they lost last year and Elijah Moore put up ridiculous numbers and he's gone. And so was Yaboa. And so what does that look like?
1: Yeah. I, I wonder though where where Louisville's heads at because they had a bad year last year and then their yeah. coach admitted to interviewing for the South Carolina job. <laughs> like he clearly the wanted secret? to leave. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like he was, it was public. How much confidence can you have in a coach that you know, doesn't want to be there? Um, and that if, if Ole Miss starts this game up oh, 14, well, you can go 17, on nothing years
0: in a relationship like that.
1: That's true. Um if if Ole Miss goes up 14 nothing, 17 nothing, something like that, oh, yeah. I could see Louisville packing it in and is being an absolute murder. Um okay, I don't, that's don't think a really it'll good get point. there. Yeah, I I but I don't know if we'll get there. I think you know, Satterfield to your point is is a good offensive mind. I'm gonna take Ole Miss minus the 10 or, or 9.5, whatever it is. I, I still like them to win pretty comfortably, but I'm gonna go under 75. It's a principal bet, Chris. We've talked about this
0: that's so stupid. It's, just such, better, high, it's just such a high. It's just such a
1: I don't like betting unders either, but I'm going to go under 75 yeah. and a half.
0: Okay, so I love your point you just made about if they get up early because yeah. that's not out of the question with Lane Kiffin.
1: Right. Like and he probably knows season, that.
0: Yeah. To, I mean to start the year cuz and this is this is a game where you every like last year nobody had expectations for you, right? You played Bama close and that was like almost like a win. Um you beat the number 11 ranked team Indiana like in the the bowl game and you played like, you know, a lot of they were exciting to watch, but nobody's expecting them to go out and dominate games like this. They're, like, they're a, almost a double-digit favorite in a big nationally televised game like this against a non-conference opponent. You're right. Like, I I think they'll probably come out with their hair on fire, especially on offense, and just like absolutely you know, torching uh, a defense that was really, really bad last year. Yeah.
1: All right. What You want to go to LSU-UCLA? Yeah. All right. 16. LSU, UCLA on the road, 8.30 Eastern time on Saturday night, Fox, Rose Bowl, UCLA, plus three now. UCLA was impressive last week. They're
0: on um, Fox. Huh? they on, on Fox. That's going to yes. be fun.
1: Um, their performance has obviously moved the line a little bit um, in UCLA's favor. The under has come down as well. UCLA looked good last year. Granted it is Hawaii, but it was the first time since chip Kelly took over that they've won an opening game. It's the first mm-hmm. time they've won a non-conference game. Um, and they pretty much dominated early. They went up 31, three. are running back Zach Charbonnet who transferred from Michigan, six carries, 106 yards, three touchdowns.
0: Yeah.
1: Six carries. That'll hurt your feelings a little bit. If you're a Hawaii fan, um, LSU, this is, I'm very interested to see what happens here. Um, they're displaced right now. And unfortunately with hurricane Ida, they, they had to get out to Houston and prep there. They're coming off of an awful season. They've got two new quarterback, uh, coordinators. I wonder where their heads at right now. What do you think? What do you think? I. What do you think no, you, you finish that the mentality of the program is right now?
0: You my honest opinion? If yes. you're going five and five and getting torched last year all the time on defense and, and everyone, you know, telling you how awful you were. I think there's no team in the country that's going to rally together better than this fucking team. I think that every time the state of Louisiana goes down and some shit like this happens, that entire fucking state bands together like this, just like one giant community more than any other like, state team fan base I've ever seen. That, that, like, they are all family, all of it. Right, and, and our, also our hearts go out to like everybody that's affected by this because it's a terrible situation. Mm-hmm. But there's not a better coach in America to to make this a, a like a positive, and and like like I said, band this team together. And there's that I, like I, the situation sucks, right? It's awful. Like you're displaced from your home, and trust me, that's the worst, right? So like if you have to go like in, in that circumstance, you go to Houston uh, for a, a couple of days, then you go out to LA like on Thursday and being out of your routine or what you thought the plan was that's never great i think as an athlete or you know especially for like game one but they are not going to be intimidated that it's not a hostile environment there will probably be more lsu fans than than ucla fans and i just think that like having coach o at the helm for this is like the perfect fucking person for this because they have a they have a chance to feel sorry for themselves they really do and what they will end up doing instead of that is going out and putting on, like, a fucking show and dominating UCLA on national television and doing it to on Fox, where they have to sit there and, like, basically be cucked the whole time because of how, how much they have to blow up the Pac-12 and, and Big Ten just because of, like, the agreements. I think LSU wins. I think they went big. I, I think this is... I'm honestly more confident now. Like, I was, like, losing a little bit of confidence after seeing UCLA play and, and hearing actual research done on them, but like I did not do uh, two weeks ago. But, like... I'm more confident now because of this situation than I was before, and I know that sounds weird. And if, they, if they lose, it's understandable. I just don't see it happening. Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm interested to see. You know, um, I don't know the, the the health of their two primary experienced running backs. You know, Davis Price and John Emory have been sidelined most of preseason camp. I would imagine they play, but you may have to rely on two freshmen, Corey Kiner or Monty Goodwin, to come in and play some significant minutes. I'm worried. I'm worried. They got to go to the west coast, the time zone deal.
0: That would only affect me because I'm bad at math.
1: New coordinators got injuries. UCLA has got a lot of momentum.
0: A lot of returning production talent. Yep. Go ahead make it. I got,
1: L- I got, a, I got LSU to cover the spread. I was
0: about to say like the, the, game,
1: the game may be close for a bit, but I, I UCLA doesn't see the sec type players along the line. I don't think they're going to be able to just run the ball all over them like they did Hawaii. Um, right. I have to think LSU is itching to prove last year was a fluke. I was not impressed with UCLA's quarterback, and I no, I would have, I would think was. that the new D, the the new D.C. would come in and say, look, we're going to stop. They're not going to be able to run the ball, and we're going to make that kid beat us. I don't think he'll be able to. Um, I got LSU winning by double digits.
0: I mean, you have two of the best corners in the country. Stack the box. Make that yep. kid beat you through the air, and he won't. Yeah like it, but you made it the best point like and i'm not trying to be like just an sec homer here I, I just i feel like coach o is a very underrated coach very underrated he's 19 and nine against uh what is it and um, yeah he's 19 and nine i think it's like ranked teams like since he's been at lsu like he's been very very good i don't think 19 and nine is even correct i think it's better than that but regardless i think that they have to come out to prove a point from last year i think that uh, they're fine with max johnson a quarterback i think they're like a lot of people are very confident in him even more than uh miles Brennan, fucking mm-hmm. fishing but yeah i think that what you said about the d-line man like those people like you know those those people like those players those recruits and, and like specifically the ones from louisiana are a different breed of people and you have not seen that kind of like freakish talent and athleticism at that size out out in the west coast except for lebron yeah.
1: All right. Uh, number one, Alabama versus number 14, Miami. This is Saturday, 3.30 on, the, on ABC, Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. Alabama, at least what I last I saw, minus 19 and a half <laughs> over under 61 and a half. This is the first time these two have met since New Year's Day 1993 when Bama won the championship against them.
0: As an underdog. Um, yeah. George yep. Geek, all of them
1: couple stats before we get into the actual breakdown. Alabama's been favored by two touchdowns or more in eight of their last nine games, covered seven of them. They've won their last 10 neutral site games by 25 points per game.
0: On yeah, average. They've won that. That's ridiculous.
1: <laughs> they actually, haven't, they, yes, they haven't lost an opener since 2001 against UCLA. There, yeah. <laughs> so I realized this last night
0: when I was doing the research. I was like, man, like it's like Saban's fourteen and 0 in, in openers, and Bama's won nineteen straight. And I was like, that means the two thousand and one was I was there for yeah. that. They lost in two thousand. So then I started looking back and it was like they've only lost three opening games since nineteen ninety. And I was at two of them.
1: They're oh, they never they lost at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Um, and they're ten and four against the spread and and their last fourteen as a two touchdown or more favorite. So there's a lot going on here. They obviously replaced a ton of talent. We've already done a preview on them, so we don't have to go super in depth on the team, but we know Mac Jones, Najee, Waddle, Devontae, 3-0 lineman, Sark. There's a lot that's changing over. Um, Bryce Young, all world quarterback coming in. You, you would think they would take a step back offensively. (laughs) Um, they will defense should be the best it's been since 2017 maybe.
0: 2016. Oh well, yeah. 2016. I mean, 2017. The 2016 defense is really good. 2017 was good too, but like not like mm-hmm. that. This is the most um, experienced defense Saban's ever had ever since he's been at Bama.
1: Wow. Uh, did not know that. Miami. Yeah. Um, they've lost their last two neutral side openers: LSU 2018, Florida 2019. Derek King. Teams. Yep. He is the guy that makes it go. He he's coming off an ACL tear, but he had a great rehab. Their final scrimmage of the of the fall camp, he went twenty for twenty six for three hundred seventeen yards, five touchdowns, zero picks. I don't know if that says more about him or the defense. Um, he was really good last year. He relies a ton on his on running. I mean, he ran for five hundred thirty eight yards last year with four touchdowns. So. One of my questions is how healthy is he in this first game when it comes to running the ball? Um, but defensively they should be pretty solid. I mean, and they've got a really good secondary. They did lose three DNs to the draft two that went in the first round. Um, they went eight and three last year and there's a lot, I think there's a hype building around the future of this program, but the two teams they lost to in the regular season, they got absolutely destroyed. They were the only two good teams. They played exactly. UNC ran for 540, 554 yards in one game against them. Ran, ran, for ran, that. ran for that. That is emasculating. <laughs> <laughs> that's the
0: best way to put it. That is very emasculating. <laughs> oh my, that's, yeah, that's incredible.
1: Uh, um, so, what's your thoughts?
0: Okay, so the defense should be great. I, I honestly, I've been saying this all off so I think this could be a, a, I think it'll be a close game. Like, I, it worries me because you have Scott, uh, Rhett Lashley at, um, is it Rhett or Scott? I always mix up, you know, as the OC there, Uh, Derek King is the type of quarterback that has given Nick Saban defenses, like, you know, fits at times. Didn't that Ole Miss game last year, they were really good on defense in a time where you don't really give a lot of credit to, you know, defense winning you games. I think that they're going to have to, they're going to have to be like the ones that pull Bama through this game. Because I think, I think you're going to have, a team and a, and a program and a fan base that are like super hungry to be relevant. And when I say relevant, like they were a top 10 team last year. Right. Like, but when you talk about like, you, you brought their season, they only played two teams that were, um, that were ranked. Right. And they, they got blown out by, they had two losses, but to North Carolina and Clemson, and it was by 61 points. You look at their last 10 games against the top 10 teams. They're one in nine. Yeah. What, what it, one in nine, they've lost by an average of 23.7 points per game. Only two of the nine were within uh, single digits and five of the, of the nine were by 25 points or more, including the last or three of the last five, like they have done really poorly in big stages like this. Right. And they, the only win they've had against the top 10 team was when they blew out Notre Dame who also struggles in these types of situations. So I think that I, like I've been saying all off season, I think that it'll be a close game. Manny Diaz, I don't know if he's a good coach. I know he's a, he's a good defensive coach, at least. This game would mean so much more to Miami than it does to Alabama. And I, I just think that they, they find a way to, even though all the numbers we just threw out there say otherwise, I, I feel like on defense, they're going to bring pressure at Bryce Young all fucking day. And they, they don't have a great defense, but no. you have a, several new starters on the offensive line. You have all new receivers besides Mechie. I guess, and Slade Bolton, but like they are going to bring pressure on him all fucking day. And and I would be shocked if he leaves that stadium without at least one interception. So I think that it, Bama probably pulls away late, but like, this is a game where like everyone, I think just expects Bama to roll. Like no pun intended, but I, I think it'll be a lot closer than that. I'm probably wrong, but
1: yeah, I'm going to take the, the tide to roll in this one. Um, I, look i know they're they're replacing a lot um but the way that Saban gets these guys prepared every year yeah. I, i'm just not worried about it maybe if it was like a clemson ohio state uga maybe i'd be a little more concerned but not miami um, um remember when the offense like- was supposed to take a step back when Tua left
0: no i don't because we had so we still had sark and they were i didn't think that was going to happen at all like oh, well, maybe a step back but like yeah I was very confident, Mac Jones. I didn't know if he was going to be an NFL starter. Or suck it, Cam Newton. Right. Um, but no, like, like you know, looking at the stats for this because I did a, a deep dive on the season opener stats for all SEC teams on SDS. The Bama stats are ridiculous. Under Saban, like I mean, yeah, I know really that people are sick and tired of hearing them, and and I get it. But my God, it's impressive, right? Like it's like so. You talk about like the the openers and all that kind of stuff. You know that they've, they've only lost three non-conference games. In the last seven years three all of and those teams they lost
1: championships two. right
0: they they were all national champions they lost <laughs> to ohio state in the playoffs and they lost to, they lost to clemson twice yeah. I, it's just you know and it's i know crazy. they're not playing like a, a miami like every game like that but he's done really well against those ranked teams and the only thing that worries me is that the stuff about jaleel billingsley i worry that that's a bigger deal of like a broader scope um for like you know talk about that 2013 team for bama like they lose to auburn and then we find out like you know that thing was like falling apart at the seams the whole season they just just the mentality to of the team right and he's been preaching yeah. all off season that you gotta got earn it this is not like something that you just walk into and and it's a new year and you lost a lot of alphas man like dylan moses not a good linebacker he was an alpha mm-hmm. um luckily they have harris and Tozo. but i just i just wonder what the they haven't had to face a lot of adversity especially with all like on offense there hasn't like since that twenty eighteen UGA game, the SEC championship. There hasn't been a time where they're like, "Shit, man! Like we're getting stopped. We can't get a stop. Like, but we're just you know three and out. Like it just." And I wonder if that happens.
1: To your point, I could see a, a situation where Miami wins the toss, they accept, and they have the perfect scripted first drive. Yep. They go up 7 nothing, and then it's like, okay, how now Bryce Young's going on the field for the first time as a starter, down 7 nothing. How does he respond? Mm-hmm. How do these young guys respond?
0: Well, he said y'all in that press conference, so he's probably going to be great.
1: <laughs> there you go. Um, so that could be interesting, but I got 42-21 Bama in this one. I hope so. All
0: right. Last game. The video that guy made was terrible, so I hope they, I hope they win by a, a million. Let's get to the big one.
1: Yep. Number five, Georgia versus number three, Clemson. 7 30 Eastern time on ABC Saturday bank of America stadium in Charlotte, North Carolina, Clemson, currently a three point favorite over under 51 game day will be there. first meeting since 2014. Um, They're what both each about other's this?
0: last loss in, in the season opener.
1: Interesting. Yeah. Cle- Interesting. So Clemson was 10 to two last year, but they got destroyed uh, by Ohio state in the playoff, Georgia, I'd say they, I mean, they kind of ended on a high note against Cincinnati. I guess maybe people thought they'd they maybe, definitely more. Did. I don't know. I mean, it's a group of, group of five school. Um,
0: but I would say that at the end of the season, you have all, now you have all this hope because of,
1: yeah, I mean, it was a You'd very, rather Jewish win good than thing to
0: happen. but well, you also JT Daniels come in and put up like these numbers we've never seen before from a quarterback. So like,
1: you know, but yeah. Yeah, I give it for Georgia. Saying. Yeah. Not for, mm-hmm. for forever. Um, they were two and two against the spread though against uh, in the four games that he was quarterback. Um, but no, I, I think they clearly take a step forward on offense with him at the helm, especially over Stetson Bennett. Um, they are breaking in some new talent in the secondary. Um, and I, and they've the big story, at least for this game, maybe not the whole year is the injuries, right? Um, they have one of the best front seven, if not the, I mean, these two teams have the best front sevens and, and Alabama. Three three best front sevens. They're interchangeable, probably who's number one two. Both, three.
0: No, both of these are better than Bama's. Yeah. Like these are the top two in the country.
1: So the cornerbacks, we'll see how they play. Um on the other side, DJ Uyungalele. Nailed it. <laughs> he takes over as the official starter now. Uh he looked really good last year in his um spelling of Trevor Lawrence. Um they're front seven is ridiculous as well. Um, so one of the things I'm looking at is the O-line play for each one of these teams. UGA mm-hmm. has recruited at an unbelievable level on the O-line um, for the last few years. And Clemson, for whatever reason, they've never recruited like fantastically on the O-line.
0: I did a, 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 like a I had a tweet about this a couple of weeks ago because somebody told me they never, he's never had a first round offensive lineman. He's only yeah. had like five, five linemen drafted. has been there. Like it was five or seven and none of them been in the first round.
1: Yeah. Their strategy, their recruiting strategy has been interesting. They never have a huge class. I, I don't know. It's, it's obviously worked for them. Don't get me wrong, but right. O-line has been kind of a, a, not necessarily a strong point for Clemson. That's probably where I see this game. I don't know, man, I'm back okay, and okay, forth on quick, this.
0: Real quick. one are, are you surprised that the line hasn't moved? with all the injuries for Georgia, because, because it, it's not just guys. It's like, you know, the two guys were probably gonna be your starter at tight end or I know Eric Gilbert's a, a receiver, but, um, and then you have two starting defensive backs, right? The like, techie Smith. And then who's the other one? Mm-hmm. I'm forgetting. Um, but regardless, like yeah. those are big name players and, and like important players for each, like for, you know, for your team, I, I'm surprised the line hasn't moved up more than that. Cause, Clemson, by all means, is gonna be really good. They get Justin Ross back and all that kind of stuff. I mean, you saw what DJ did last year against Underdane. But they Davo had a quote yesterday that like went viral immediately in the college football world and, and like raised a lot of questions because they asked who his starter was going to be at center because they were not settled on it. And he said they were going to rotate guys the entire game. That's not what you want to hear. At all. Against this deep. that's and Jordan the Davis. And, 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 uh, I forget his name, The number 88, what, um, it's something J. Anyway, regardless, like <laughs> something it, it's probably, it's, it's, it's like one of the, every time we do this, like I'll I get do it. all I'll this research and then I, then I like get into the actual podcast and I'm like, I've read too many things. Um, regardless, it's the best defensive line and interior defensive line in college football, hands down. Well, well okay. Okay. So you guys, maybe Clemson
1: Graham, Graham coffee was, Quick to point out um, Devonte Wyatt as being a huge, also him. But I, but I had said that the next big one is, and the one you're thinking of, Jalen Carter.
0: Exactly. Yep. So Jalen Carter, and, and and you talk about like, you know, like I remember, I remember. and This is going to date me a lot, and just hear me out here. I remember like watching this Bam LSU game in 1997, and for whatever reason, they were rotating a quarterback and a center every third series it was like you know what we're gonna we gotta get this guy reps so at the third series we're gonna switch him out and we had the third series of the lsu game as a tie game and it was it was on our one yard line it was like one of those games where you knew like you need to like you're just waiting for everything to fall apart because they were fucking terrible that year and what do you know on the one yard line a new center quarterback exchange fumbled the snap and lsu scored i think it's one of the most like underappreciated things in all of football is just that like, well, like relationship. It's how every play starts, right? Like I don't think it'll be as big of an issue if you're not under center, but if you got to snap and look up at those three defensive like tackles, that's a tough fucking day, man. I I think, I think that that is a huge advantage for Georgia.
1: Well, keep in mind, Georgia center is, is not healthy either. He broke his snapping hand. yeah you're right the hand that he snaps the ball with is broken and apparently he's ambidextrous but again you can be ambidextrous all you want i don't think i want to go into (laughs) i don't want to go uh into a game against a d-line that's got miles murphy brian brzee these huge five-star recruits with snapping with my my left hand if i'm right-handed so but don't I think a
0: hand at all. If you have to fucking every play, like yeah. pushing somebody.
1: Right. So I, I think when it's this close, such a good matchup, I can't wait to watch the game. I'll go ahead and take the points. I mean, I'll take Georgia plus three, just because I think it it's a coin toss. So I might as well take the points. Um, but I, honestly, man, I, either one of these teams really could win this game, but I'll take Georgia plus three here. Uh, But I, yeah, uh, yeah, I'll take, I I picked Georgia to win the championship. Right. So I clearly think they have the talent. So um, I'll take Georgia to win. Not confident in it though. This is going to be a,
0: a, obviously I think a great game, right? We've been talking about it all off season or in Georgia fans, especially on Twitter. Clemson fans I didn't know are dumb. That's a thing. Like, like they're super nice, but like all these posts that I keep seeing on Twitter of like their message boards are like, mind-blowingly dumb like just re- like really bad i think they're really underestimating like the coaching staff hasn't said it matter but underestimate how good georgia is i think there's the narrative that i've probably been a part of like with kirby not being able to like take the next step and and every year we talk about how we think that like this could be the year um i would have been all over georgia if the, before these injuries i just think in a game like this where like the two teams are really evenly matched in the same areas right like you know, they both have elite quarterback play. They both have a little bit of questions on the opposite line. They both have phenomenal front sevens and D-line. And like, you have a good secondary as well. The fact that the the over-under is 50 tells you a lot about this game with the kind of offensive talent that both sides have. So my biggest question is like, if you get into a situation where like one of these defenses makes you play left-handed, like, and that's, okay, I just realized the center also is having to do that. But I mean, like figuratively speaking, Um, yeah, yeah. You know, if, you, if they take away their strength, if, if, or if they make you one dimensional, what does that look like the rest of the game? Because I, I think when, if that happens, either one of those, those teams like, that are forcing it on defense are good enough to like, either dominate you and probably pull away like, and just make it a very long night, right? Like I, the, You will lose that game if you are not able to have any kind of balanced attack. Just bottom line. I love the fact that Georgia's running backs are not getting talked about enough in a year. Like we, that's all we ever talk about with Georgia. It seems like, you know, they, they have four of the best running backs that can in the conference, possibly the country. Um, I'm really excited to see Kendall Milton, really excited to see Kenny McIntosh too, out of the backfield, um, catching passes and stuff. And like, again, Graham coffee, talked about that tight end. who uh, has been really, really good in practice, even though he was, you know, basically third string, I think going into this. I just think that when you have two guys on offense and defense that are out that would have been, you know, one, one's a fucking third team all American. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, no. like in, in a game like this, that matters. And I, I know that they have talent all over the place, but Clemson, man, you know, I know they lost that game at Notre Dame. And, but like we saw what this kid would do then, right. With, a, with an offense that had, you know, I know they had ETN, but maybe less weapons than they even do this year. And I just, I think that like, I just think that injuries are going to be what keeps Georgia from winning this game. And I hope, I hope they win it. You know, I, I hope they come out and beat Dabba like game one. Um, and I know how much it would mean to the fans, but I just think that they're going to be fine. I think that this loss, if they do lose, like isn't going to affect them long-term because they'll bounce back. And there's also, it's like, you haven't, we haven't seen this team at full strength. So right. I think Clemson wins. I really do. Cause they're, they are that talented of a football team. Um, and they're very strong in a lot of like a lot of places. So I think Clemson will win. Um, and I hate fucking saying that because I really like up until the, up until like last week when all these injuries were announced, like I was like dead set on Georgia um, and they're good enough to still win it. But I, I'm going to take Clemson.
1: I, I that pick. you know, Clemson always seems to win these types of games and Georgia yeah, I know, right? and Georgia seems to lose them.
0: <laughs> uh, so I don't, but I, I don't think it's because if it happens it's because of that,
1: no, I don't, but it's just that feeling that you have, right? That's right. probably why you're leaning Clemson. It's like, I just feel like Clemson always wins these games. And no, it's
0: the injuries idiot. I just said
1: it. No, you, you, you don't mean it. Um, uh, but, and, and I'm, I'm by no means saying that Kirby would be anywhere near a hot seat, but I feel like Kirby needs a win like this. Cause he's just, okay. there's, there's just when there's just games that you look at in the past that, that, you know, like last year's Florida game, for example, or, you know, the whole Justin Fields debacle with the, you know, going forward on uh, fourth. Like, oh, uh, yeah. I feel like Georgia fans are mostly very happy with Kirby, but there's always like that, but there's this, there's this, there's this. Like, he just can't get him with the hole. Rick,
0: hump. Rick yeah. had two 10 win seasons the last two seasons he was there.
1: So I think Kirby, I, this would go a long way with Kirby just winning this game, putting a lot of confidence in the team, and hopefully going undefeated the rest of the way until you get to the SEC paddle game. So,
0: I, it really would, man.
1: That's gonna be it. This has been a long episode, but
0: we are Hold on, real fired quick. up. Yeah, we're gonna close with this though. We're gonna bring it back. We're gonna do one winning and boozing. Oh yes, one pick, one. Yes. If, and if you guys haven't heard this before, it's it's like my favorite thing. We it's actually the name Can't of our I podcast almost forgot to this. have. Unbelievable. Um, but we're gonna do one a week, so we don't have to get into a whole bunch of them. But it obviously has to be for this game. It's the biggest game of the year. Uh, we've been talking about it all off season. So number three versus number five. I was trying to think of what would be the best fit for this because I, I was thinking Stella, which, which is what I always call a wedding beer. Like when people try to drink something fancy that the, like, and they're not fancy at, which screams from these two fan bases, um, like beam and ginger would make a lot of sense. I hate, I hate that drink order. Cause it's like, fuck you for having a great metabolism. I guess if you can just drink sweets, sodas like that at 30, 38. But the answer here is this, it's a Vegas bomb. And like the epiphany I had when I thought of this, I was like, Oh my God, that's perfect. Cause I remember as a bartender, like, like any, that whole fad when we were in college, it was like, there wasn't fireball. So it was like Jaeger or like you took some kind of bomb, which like Red Bull in it, drop it in like a glass, or you have like a little quaffer thing. They were all fucking disgusting. They were terrible. Yeah. The Vegas bomb has crown in it with peach schnapps um, mm. and then Red Bull at the bottom. And it's terrible. And mostly everyone that orders them is a douchebag like not just like a affliction wearing shirt. Just like, I mean like I'm in finance. Like, let me tell you about my BMW. No offense, dude. Um, they're like in finance. They're usually like a Florida state fan. They have like two kids or whatever. They're right. like a stable family. It's so stupid, but like, yeah. it's usually the people that would order it were like the worst. Okay. And I knew that as soon as that drink was ordered, I'll go definitely don't want to talk to that person anymore. The rest of the night. That's exactly how I feel about probably both of these fan bases with whoever wins, because you know, and with good reason, yeah, they're going to be on another level if they win this game, especially yes. Georgia. And, and I think, again, with good reason. But my God, we're going, to, well, we're going to, need to take a break from talking.
1: You've had people that you know actually tell you that are Georgia fans. I will be that guy if we win this.
0: I wish he would have said, I'll be that guy. He said, I'm going to be the biggest piece of shit you've ever met. And I was like, what? <laughs> what? Dad? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that's the end of the show. Um, yeah, I know it was long one, guys. Thanks for uh, sticking sticking around. Hopefully,
1: yeah. Let's uh, quickly game day hotline four two four four three zero 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 four five. Give us your sad stories. Give us your your drunken incitement after you beat your 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 Clemson or your Georgia. Um, Hey, five stars, Apple Podcast, Spotify. Go give us a, uh, a rake and review. That's going to be it, Chris. Fucking back, guys. Hell right, brother. Let's go. Y'all have a good weekend.